Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome back, Brewer fans, to the Brook Review Podcast. Uh, this is Craig, and joining me tonight is Scott. How are you doing? How's it going? It's great to be here, as usual. Hopefully, Vince will be chiming in at some point during the podcast. And, and Chad, uh, hopefully. Chad's a regular. Um, and so we'll see. But uh, all right, so let's recap the last week. Uh, homestand for the Brewers, they did finished four and three, like both you and I predicted, Scott, of course, and our infinite wisdom. I did not think we'd take three games against the Dodgers and only one against the Marlins, but I'll take it. Um, the, yeah, it's even better. Yeah. The, the <laughs> have been, had not been a good week for injuries as both our starting catchers went on the IL and also our Cy Young caliber starting pitcher, Carbon Burns also went on the most likely the COVID IL, which is, I guess, maybe a good thing that didn't go on a arm injury IL or something like that. But uh, anyway, regardless, he was not available for the Dodgers series. Luckily, Eric Lauer was, and he did a phenomenal job <laughs> uh, and shut Dodgers in his starts. Um, unfortunately, um, a couple of Brewers made their Brewers debut, and in fact, Major League debut for Alec Bettinger. And uh, Brewers debut for Wisconsin um, born Jordan Zimmerman. Unfortunately, that did not go all too well on the final game against Dodgers. But with that being said, we do start this podcast with the Brewers still in first place, the NL Central. In fact, uh, with near the best record in baseball. Um, So, I don't know, I'm still pretty optimistic about this team, Scott, once we do get healthy. And speaking just of that, uh, Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain just came back into the lineup and off the aisle tonight, which is pretty pretty great news for Brewer fans and maybe also great news for Brewer fans, but less so for Keston here himself. He got sent down to the minor leagues, whose season starts tomorrow as we're taping this on May 3rd. Um, I, that was a lot to... Shoe here to start off, Scott, but what are your thoughts on some of those happenings? Um, Eric Lauer is still a Dodger killer, so that's probably pretty important. Um, the catcher situation was really weird because um, we just designated uh, Nottingham, who basically was our number three catcher, so to speak. But, um, yeah, so uh, the Mariners claimed him, and then we bought him back because, well, we kind of needed him. <laughs> so... Um, I guess the Mariners liked him, but not as much as cash. So, um, yeah, so we brought him back and he had a nice day, you know, had a nice two home run game in that 16 to four loss. And I'm starting to wonder if these big losses are actually kind of skewing things a little bit for the Brewers. Like um, you just kind of look at it and say, Oh, well, this team's okay. But all I really care about is the record. I mean, all the rest of it doesn't really matter too much. Um, you know, but some people will look at it and go, well, let's look at runs scored versus runs allowed. See, they don't belong there. Well, the Brewers have kind of been manipulating that, it seems like, for the last few years. And you just can't put as much stock in it as you used to. So pretty exciting stuff anyway. I don't know. I think I covered about half the stuff that you mentioned. <laughs> well, I think a big takeaway to what we're seeing is the Brewers had a phenomenal April when it comes to starting pitching. But I think that um... – 
we kind of got exposed with with Brett Anderson and uh, Carbon Burns missing starts now um, with our starting pitching depth possibly is not that quality. Um, like you said, <laughs> Eric Lauer did a good job in his first start, but um, again, he, he roughed up in the past and, you know, throwing rookies to fire against these returning world champions is not necessarily great recipes for success or also pulling a guy in Jordan Zimmerman, who um, apparently the day that he got the call, he had decided to retire two hours earlier, but then was talked out of it luckily, or maybe not luckily, but anyway, he made his made his debut as a brewer. And now he's a special all-time brewer. So anyway, um, I, I am very concerned, I guess, whether or not this team could have their chance to torpedo by any number of starting pitching injuries, which I guess you could see of any contending team, but I'm really concerned with the Brewers' depth. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think in years past, uh, this would have been enough to maybe sink the ship or um, I, I don't know. But um, this year, we've been lucky that we've had a lot of depth. And um, unfortunately, now, like once people, what do we have, 16 people on IL? It's incredible. Whatever it is, it's a lot. I don't know. I thought it was 16 at one point. But I mean, just unbelievable um amount of players that have gone on IL this year and so and I'm just proud that I said IL instead of DL um I'll probably go back to DL eventually again but I'm, I'm really trying here to get the new the new lingo down anyway but no it was great and then not only that but um who is it we're talking about transactions uh Bill Beckford who potentially could have been uh depth either for the rotation or bullpen he's actually a dodger now so we designated him in the dodgers cleveland so i don't know it's been kind of um let's just say i'm really really happy with the brewers record um considering how hard the schedule's been how many injuries we've had uh to all the different players and yeah it's pretty crazy keston here like i think tc called it a week or two ago um he, he's just got to get it he, he just needs a little bit more work um he'll get out of it don't worry about it it's a temporary thing but uh it needed to be done yeah so and, and getting back to the starting pitching issues um zach godlio who also signed with us as a free agent after not really making it with any other team this spring um got the call only game against the marlins and that didn't go well either including a really excruciating terrible call of an interference on him but uh yeah, that did not go well, and uh, I'm a little bit concerned with him. So, I mean, uh, the guys that we had to go to, um, I think we're good. I think Eric Lauer is really going to have to be someone that gives us quality innings um, if we're going to, you know, be a, be a great team this year. So, I, I know that the Brewers brass definitely were high on him when they acquired him. So, I hope that he's made some, some develop some some leaps in his development and can really come through at the major level against teams other than the Los Angeles Dodgers. But uh, anyway, um, if you could just come in and beat them, that'd be great too. So Keston Hira, as far as that subject goes, um, wow. I mean, you really look how historically bad he was this season. Um, it, I think he would have been sent to the minors sooner if there was a minor leagues. I know there was an alternative site, but the Brewers also didn't have too many other first base options uh, as they're finding now. But 
I mean, it just got so bad. You need him to, you know, go go somewhere and get regular at bats, which he'll do. I'm sure at AAA now um, until he gets his back on track. Because I mean, he was just he wasn't just missing and swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. He was swinging and missing at, at pitches inside the zone all the time. And when he did make contact, his exit velocities were way down and all that stuff. I don't know. He just seems like someone who just needs to get back on track. He, I think, still has his ability and a very high ceiling still. But I, I think this does call him the – Yeah, absolutely. His ultimate – is it, I guess – as a Brewer fan, if we were to be asked, and of course you are, Scott, one of the greatest Brewer fans, do you think Keston Hero will ever become almost the borderline all-star hitter and player that we thought he was going to be just as of a little bit over a year ago? Um, well, Obviously, he's going to have to do it with the bat because I just don't think that he's ever going to be a gold glover. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's – I don't know. I, I, there's not much more I want to say about that. But um, I, I don't know. I He still has all the hit tools. Um, obviously, last year wasn't great. This year isn't great so far. But, you know, we're still talking about, oh, man, those combined, we're talking about half a season – it's starting to get um, starting to get a little bit more concerning than uh, just every time he does it. Now he's been pulling off the ball a lot. He's been swinging at a lot of pitches that start in the zone and end way out of the zone. And so um, I I don't know what it is, but uh, when we were talking last episode, he was starting to show signs of coming out of it. He was taking the ball the other way. Uh, he was starting to square things up a little bit and. Uh, just kind of regressed a little bit again, but um, no, I mean, it's definitely still on the table, of course that, um, but here's the thing. What's he going to be an all-star as a DH? You have to rake to be an all-star DH and um, here has the potential to do that, but so do about, I don't know, 15 other players in the league. So, uh, he's got a lot of competition when it comes to that. Now, if it was second base or something like that, uh, his bat would have a lot more value. But now, I don't know. Yes, yeah, Scott. That's those it. We're just going to oh. um, <laughs> Yeah, obviously being moved off second, he's going to be a first base or DH going forward. I, I mean – I think that regardless of being all sorry, we just need a solid middle of the order hitter that can drive in runs and hit for power and hit for, you know, at least 250 or above. I mean, that's really what we were counting on from him. And I really thought he'd be closer to a 300 hitter within time. Um, and he showed that promise in the, in the, in the past. So I, I'm not, I haven't given up hope, but this is one of those situations where every organization really seems like they would need some type of like hitting guru coach who at this point, when this is happening to a player, a younger player like Keshin, that you send him down to AAA, you get you get him hooked up with the coach that can really identify what his issues are and really coach him through this. And, I mean, you can almost speculate that maybe there's even a vision problem or something like that, which sometimes can be the case. So, I mean, I think that they have to explore all avenues to find out to get to the bottom of, of what's going on. Well, I, I think the um, 
the other part that you kind of have to look at is here loses a little bit of value if he's only going to, if he's, if he can't stick at second, it loses a little more if he can't stick at first. Um, so the other problem is, I mean, we've seen in the past, um, at least in the um, Stearns era, I think Ricky Weiss is still part of that. Uh, he really wasn't, um, you know, Weeks played second and that was it. And then all of a sudden he was kind of willing to do outfield because he kind of realized that was the only way he's going to get some at-bats. And um, same thing kind of with Scooter Jeanette. Um, Stearns really loves that versatility and Hira is not versatile on the field. So it makes me wonder, the longer we go, the longer that he could become trade bait. And I really don't want to see that. I'm just throwing it out there, though, because um, it, it's way too early for that. Way too early, in my opinion. But um, if Keston here can only DH, is, is Stern's going to stick with him? He's going to have to really hit. be interesting yeah so i mean i think that this i think it's a really good move by the brewers to send him down to get it figured out he just can't can't figure this out at the major league level at this point and the brewers can ill afford to do that so i think it was definitely a move long time coming and, and, and it will turn out to be a good move I, I believe and i guess it also really sheds more light on the importance of the brewers signing colton long long to play second base in the offseason because I mean, hadn't we not done that, we'd really, you know, have a hole at second base right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that obviously having that depth and the versatility to move things around when, when either someone gets injured or someone needs to get sent down like this, I think just as kudos to the front office for putting together um, that type of uh, depth in, in, on the roster. So with that being said, I think that uh, – my concern going forward with this team, I really think that our 40-man roster has got great talent on it. I really feel that we're still the best team in the NL Central um, as long as we stay healthy. But my problem, I guess my concern is that our I feel like we have really pretty inadequate minor league depth, I, I guess. I'll put it that way. We really don't have any of those players around the cusp of the majors looking to help out yet. I mean, obviously, we've had some contributions already from, like, Tyrone Taylor, who's done a great job. Um, obviously, Corey, yeah. all up a cup of coffee, but really, you know, who knows what we what you can expect out of him. And then even Mario Feliciano, our uh, catching prospect, got made his major league debut with the Brewers on Saturday. Pretty awesome. He got his first major league bat. He took a walk and scored the winning run in a pretty dramatic fashion. So then he got sent back down the next morning. But, uh, Still pretty cool, but but I mean, outside of those guys, uh, we do, I just don't think that we're having any impact help from the farm, so to speak. And maybe I could be wrong, but um, what are your thoughts on that, Scott? Our, our overall like depth beyond the forty man roster? Mm, no, it's not looking great. Uh, there's not a lot of um, I don't know. There, there's not a lot of high ceiling talent there, unfortunately. Um, but it's part of that is because you know we been a little we there's a team that made three straight playoffs and looking for a fourth and so um you know we're doing everything that we can and unfortunately that means that kind of usually when your team is better like you typically your minor league system doesn't it tends to get depleted when you start winning 
um, over and over again. And it, it just, it kind of happens, but um, you know, we have other players like, it seems like a lot of the times when we do get that shot in the arm, it doesn't come from our farm system. It usually just comes from somebody we claim. Um, I mean, I, I, well, I guess um, I'm trying to think. Am I thinking of Billy McKinney? I don't know. He's, he's played um, significantly better than I thought he would. So that's, he's a really easy guy to root for, for the Brewers anyway, but a uh, brief shot in the arm for him, like just for the team, like whenever he's playing it, but yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of that. Unfortunately, there's just not a lot of offense period, really. No, and, and I think that there could be some veteran pitchers sitting out there, but generally, you know, the good ones aren't just floating around in and out of waivers necessarily, except they will be like the Zach Godley types uh, <laughs> or Jordan Zimmerman's where they really kind of have a fledging career or the opposite of fledging, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, anyway, well, I, I really think that our starting five, though, that we started the year with shown that they're that they're um, can really get it done. And I really still think that Burns and Peralta and Woodruff could just completely carry this rotation going forward for the most part, as long as we can get other guys healthy. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. I think it's, in, it's entirely possible that even if everybody was healthy and we were in the playoffs, that we would just stick with those three pitchers and then have bullpen games for the rest of them. Or we'd have somebody, but he'd only take like one turn through the order or like, like someone like Hauser, let's say. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Good teams have to have aces and we have that. We have to have shutdown relievers. We have that and we have to score runs and we're capable of that, but we haven't really done it yet. So that's the one that I'm a little, that's the one I'm most worried about, I guess. Yeah. And, and I think that will come around and, or I think that bats are usually something that are cheaper to acquire and we don't have that many great pieces that we're going to be able to, are willing to get rid of on the farm. So I think that we'll be able to shore up our offense a little bit before the trade deadline, more so than our starting pitching depth. But like you're, like you pointed out, are the fifth and fourth and fifth starters or sixth starter really that important uh, when, a, when you're actually in the playoffs and the answer that no is they're less important. Uh, but your top three in your rotation are, are that much more important, especially, you know, the fact that we have two aces in my opinion right now is huge. And, and basically at least two aces at the bullpen aces so with Hader and Williams as well. So it's exciting to me. Yeah. And, and I was talking about how, um, you know, McKinney was like briefly like, uh, like a little shot in the arm and he, he was doing all right. But I mean, when you think about it, he's our fifth outfielder. We need um, now, obviously we've had Kane and Yelich out for a while. So there's a little bit of, you know, you could say a little bit there. All right. Well, Let's give them a little bit of a pass here. Um, now these guys are back. Hopefully the offense will pick up. Kane had a nice day today. But um, I don't know. There's still there's so many players still offensively that are not um, kind of meeting their expectations. And um, I, I don't want to single out <laughs> Jackie Bradley Jr. because uh, there's, there's a bunch of players like that. But um, on this particular team, I guess right now, but he's probably the one that's getting paid the most. I mean, I guess I could say Yelich, but he's been out. So, um, Jackie Bradley, he really needs to step up. I really thought that he was not only going to be a leader on the field, but in the clubhouse as well. I guess I don't know, but it's, 
it's probably hard to be a leader in the clubhouse when you're hitting below the Mendoza line. Like it's gotta be a little bit harder. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's, it's, it's tough. Well, I know that we're talking to our anonymous horse, uh, Tom C. Um, oh, Carter. Yeah. I was said T Carter, I guess, but um, that's too obvious. Oh. So, um, he thinks that Jackie Bradley Jr. is about to go on one of his patented hot streaks in the month of May, and that uh, he'll put those those fears to rest, even though he will continue to be like a streaky hitter throughout the year. And that's kind of what he's been like through his career. We've gone long stretches of being under. But then he'll go he'll go through weeks at a time where he's hitting over 400 and hitting bombs and everything. So, uh, yeah, I hope he sees right. Uh, thank you, Tom. Uh, it, that you know that'll that'll happen. Um, you know, he was right with Hira, and he he also is confident that Hira will get it figured out and will be back up with a big club within a month or so um, from the Meyer leagues to, if not sooner, um, once he gets his hitting on track down there. So. There's lots of reasons to be optimistic, um, definitely. And, you know, kudos to all the guys on the team on the 40-man roster in the back, you know, or, you know, those fourth, fifth, sixth outfielders who didn't really step up like McKinney and Tyrone Taylor during this, this uh, absence of Kane and Yelich because they really did keep us afloat. And, we're, you know, even in spite of all those injuries, as you mentioned, I mean, who has 16, 10 to 16 guys on the IL and are still in first place in their division? Not too many teams, so. Kudos to being where we're at, I think, at this point. And uh, I'm optimistic that uh, with continued health going forward, that this team is far and away the best team in the NL Central. And if you're really looking how the standings are shaking out, we knew that it would probably be us and the Cardinals, and that's how exactly what's looking. Cubs look like the worst team in the division. I'll just point that out there. Somehow worse than the Pirates, but boo-hoo. Yeah, I mean, there's a few other people that, like, um okay so we talked briefly about luke Maley, but um i i guess um we talked about how at least in past episodes that travis shaw has really um exceeded expectations omar narvaez uh exceeded especially compared to last year but um the guy who's really kind of stepping up now uh, a little bit is uh Luis Urias, and I really hope that he's able to keep that going because um, it, it's it's so important. And not only that, but like I thought after we lost Nottingham, I thought, well, that ought to close the book. Unfortunately, we lost that trade with um, uh, Chris Davis. But um, then I was thinking, man, are we gonna? It, it really is going to come down to Luis Urias and Eric Lauer, of course, but. Both of these guys are kind of stepping up. So it's like, oh, maybe we didn't lose that trade. I mean, you never know. Jerry's still out. It's still not looking good, but it's looking a little better. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not even worried about the trade anymore. I mean, the fact of the matter is we got players that play kind of different positions than what we gave up for the most part and a pitcher that was controlled longer than the one than the one we gave up. So if we had to do the trade again, even I'd probably still do it. I mean, uh, in their defense, I, I really think that they identified that Orlando Arcia was not going to be our starting shortstop too much longer moving forward, and that uh, starting shortstops don't grow on trees. And they, they liked Louis Urias, his defensive skills and his on-base skills and believed in his bat, and that would eventually shine through, and I think that will happen. Uh, Eric Lauer, I'm not as sold on, but I do think that he would be a at least a competent 
back of the rotation starter who's still under team control, and that's that's definitely got some value in it. So, and he's left-handed, which is better than a right-hander and Davies that we gave up, in my opinion, just overall um, for as far as a pitcher with promise to have. So, yeah, I can go along with that. <laughs> uh, well. I'm just going to wrap it up. I guess Vince didn't quite make it on the call tonight, but uh, we'll, we'll be coming at you with another podcast. I guess, Scott, what's your predictions for this week? Uh, four games set against the Phillies on the road, followed by um, weekend series coming up. Scott, who do we play this weekend? <laughs> we got uh, Marlins. Marlins. Okay, well, we got some revenge coming to them. I don't know. I'm just going to. I know we do our weekly predictions. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that I think we're going to win all seven games this week. Well, well, I got bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Shoot, tonight's game already ended. The Brewers lost the Phillies here. We're taping on Monday, May 3rd. I'm going to adjust my um, my predictions slightly. Um, I, know, I guess I'll we'll go four and three instead. Yeah, four and three was kind of where I was going to land on it. I know um, Phillies are all right, but they haven't really come around, but they are at home. And the Marlins, I thought, oh, well, we got to be able to win that. Um, there's really only been two series that I thought for sure so far we were going to win, and that was the Pirates series and the Marlins series, and we lost them both. So apparently I don't really know what I'm doing. But uh, four and three sounds about right. I'd be pretty happy with that, especially with everybody back. Um, I mean – Health-wise, it's not too bad. I would, I hope that, um, well, Corbin Burns is going to be back soon. I hope. So, um, yeah, I, four and three sounds about right. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, tonight's episode brought to you by Steakhouse One Hundred. It's basically a cornerstone of um, West Dallas now on the Strip. It's, it's just one of those places you gotta it really highlights the whole strip of west dallas i mean it's phenomenal so Absolutely. check it out if you can go there um definitely i mean we try obviously i mean that they're going out of their way to sponsor us so they must be doing something right absolutely and thank you for joining the stakes um to our to our, our host as well that's awesome not so, a bad fish fry either we i think we can both attest to that so absolutely excellent fish fry so all right well i think that wraps up for this podcast join us again here on up in the week um i guess follow us on twitter at broker review one and uh scott what's our email i don't know i don't know oh no broker review uh, podcasts with an s um yeah, so you can always send us an email um, or just message us on Twitter or send us a tweet, whatever works or post at us. I don't know, however, however you got to do it. You can always get a hold of us. We're pretty easy. Uh, the interns haven't been doing a great job, but um, yeah, send us something. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously right now um, we're missing Chad, we're missing Vince. And so we've had, you know, setbacks of our own, just like the Brewers. And so... Um, if you're thinking about giving us anything less than a five-star review, um, just know that like we're trying to overcome adversity and power through things as well. Um, and I know right now we, I, at times I might be a little hard on some of the players, but people think, Hey, you know, it's, it's literally the first week of May. Don't freak out. A lot of people say that, right? 
But unfortunately, that's kind of all... All we can do right now is judge them on the games that we've played. So nobody's freaking out. But, like, we can't just say, well, let's take a look in, you know, um, let's wait until, you know, June 1st or June 15th before, you know, we really figure out what this team's all about. And then we can't just say, well, let's just wait until then to do another podcast because people want content. So we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, and also I want to give a special kudos to Tim Dillard, who's doing a great job on the FSN um, FSN Live Fox pregame show for the Brewers and postgame show. I got a chance to check that out. He's doing an awesome job. And, Scott, I do wonder, though, because a couple of interns that you let him hire off you, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess he fired them. Sapphire and Diamond, I think. And he, uh, do you get those back like off waivers then, or how does that process work? Um, so, you know how like we had the opportunity to kind of grab Nottingham back, and we were happy to do so because it was a position of need. Well, right now, intern is kind of a position of need for us, but I don't want to hire any of them back. So, um, yeah, we'll just have, have more working. applicants then. Yeah. yeah. No. And, well, and that's the thing. This is where we screwed up, Craig. Okay. We've had the intern, like we've had the interns handling like the new intern hiring process. And so it's just been this just vicious cycle where we have like uh, people that are just not able to get it done, hiring new people that can't get it done. And it almost reminds me of the birds in the early nineties, but no, <laughs> mid nineties, late Late 90s? Late 90s. But, yeah, what can you do? We'll get there. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, thanks, listeners, for tuning in. Um, Stay classy, West Dallas, and go Brewers. Go Brewers! Go Brewers!